Hey everybody, welcome to Winner Winner Podcast. I'm your host Robin. And I'm Arjuna. And today we're going to cover two topics instead of three. We're going to cover as our main topic, actually it's kind of a toss-up, I guess our weapon highlight today is grenades, but it's going to be kind of lengthy. And then the main topic today is cheating. And we're going to kind of interweave that with gaming culture in general, the discussion of region lock, and talk about just who is number one. And we'll get into uh, no location highlight this week. Um, and then, yeah. Uh, did you want to mention uh, some Patreon shout outs, Arjuna? Yeah. So um, our Patreon is growing uh, thanks to you guys. And we've had a few more donations this week from wonderful, large hearted listeners. So um, Empire kicked it off last week. And in addition to that, we now have Tolly, Joe and Andrew who are all contributing. Thank you guys, Thanks, guys. so much. It makes a huge difference, um, makes our time feel valuable and we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And some good news for our Xbox fans. We are getting an Xbox where we have a good buddy who's going to lend us his. So we're going to get to try it out there. And so we might have some some more content coming your guys's way to talk about Xbox and PUBG. I'm stoked. This is like our number one requested change yeah, to not, make to the podcast. I'm not so. looking forward to the controller. Oh yeah. my God. Me neither. Me neither. We'll I, I have a feeling I'm going to get X bone yeah, I'm gonna playing this game. be brought back to my Call of Duty dick game, like days, <laughs> but just a lot less smooth. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, let's cover some patch notes real quick. Uh, PC patch 1.0 number three just came out recently and they've made it some changes to spawning so now um there's no longer a quote-unquote spawn island on either map um Mm. the the spawn locations are still there but people now spawn all over the map in random places Mm -hmm. so and this was apparently to reduce server load um it because each server that they run uh, is hosting multiple games of PUBG, and whenever there was like a hundred people in one place, it was causing a mm. spike in server usage. That so this sense. is, yeah, this is the one of the things they're trying to yeah. get the performance better. Also, no weapons on the Erangel spawn island anymore, and you can still spawn there with a smaller group of people. Um, but there's no guns, which makes sense because you don't want the server keeping track of like hundreds of bullets that everyone's firing off. Plus, there's no noise from all the the shooting, so it's more pleasant. Totally, yeah. Uh, in other news, Bluehole's been testing the blue zone on their test server, and this is a good thing, I think, because it's I don't think it's uh, optimized yet. So what they're testing is they're slightly decreasing the waiting time of the blue zone in the mid to late phase of the game. Um, so that means it, the blue is going to be moving in more often. But they've also decreased the speed at which the blue zone moves in the mm-hmm. mid to late game. So it starts earlier but goes slower. Totally. Yeah. Which I like. I like that actually mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I get that they want to keep the game moving and um, get rid of camping and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, man, like if that blue zone overtakes you and you can't outrun it, it feels bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, you yeah. know, I, I can still just go to the middle of the circle and camp all I want. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they've also slightly increased the damage per second of the last blue zone. Like that's when the blue's just closing in on itself. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, you gotta kill those people folks. Mm-hmm. Got to get them. 
Just wanted to quickly address in the Xbox matter, we've been hearing that people are using cars in the end game and running each other over. And apparently it's a bigger problem in third person than in first. Hmm. And I've heard it's gotten a little better since the um, vehicle damage was buffed. So I'm glad to hear that. But it's one of the things I'm most curious about for getting an Xbox. Yeah, I'm wondering how people get away with that. Um, yeah. We'll try it out. Yeah, it's it, uh, just to let you know it's not happening on the PC Xbox people. It's a, it's a terrible plan, actually, <laughs> Yeah, if you're playing on the PC, so don't try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's there's been some news on cheating, and we're going to cover that a little bit later in our episode since we're focusing on it. Mm-hmm. Shall we jump right yeah. into our weapon highlight? Let's do some nades. Nades. Now, this this was also a popularly requested show topic, so we are listening to you. And please continue to tell us what you want to hear. Uh, you can do that in our Discord channel, or you can send us an email at winnerpodcast at gmail.com. So we had a few listeners who wanted us to talk about grenades, talk about when they're useful, tactical implications. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start with frags and <clears throat> just kind of go over some of the quick details of it. Uh, five second fuse on those. With and on the PC, you do have to pull the pin um, before you throw it if you want to cook it. Which is, it used to be automatic when you left clicked, it would pull the pin. But now you left click and you just, it's like your arm cocks back and the pin isn't pulled. And so if you want to pull the pin, you press R on the keyboard as the default binding. And then you can cook it as long as you want. Don't do it too long. <laughs> I think <laughs> hopefully people... not longer than five seconds. Yeah. Um, Definitely important uh, for all game modes. Very useful in solos. Um, useful at the end of the game when you can just spam them if you have a lot of them around those smaller circles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just kind of machine gun them out there. And in that right. case, you don't even have to cook them. You just chuck them out there. Because they're going to avoid one grenade just to run into another, probably. Right. Totally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Robin, what's why do we use frags? What are they good for? blowing people up man yeah there you go mostly i mean that's the main thing uh their primary use is to especially when there's a cover situation so you're behind cover your enemy's behind cover you don't want to run out from behind your tree and expose yourself to get the angle so you just cock the grenade pull the pin lean out or strafe out and chuck it next to their tree and you're good to go um it, i think that the way the damage um distributes is that if there is a solid object between your opponent and the grenade it will not cause damage so i think it, if yeah. you if you land that thing on the near side of the tree and an enemy's right behind the tree even though they're two feet away it will not damage them unless there's kind of a direct line of sight between the grenade and the the opponent and so be aware of that throw it kind of off to the side or behind the tree um and what's really fun is they, of course, move players, too, if they don't outright kill them, um, which can be kind of a double-edged sword because I've, I've tossed grenades at people, and it'll do a lot of damage to them, but also throw them, and then they'll die from falling. It won't give me credit for the kill. This <laughs> yeah, is happening to me. It's like, <laughs> but if, it, if the fall doesn't kill them, then they're super weak, and they've been thrown out from behind their cover, which is really fun. So yeah. you could kind of anticipate where they might go based on where you throw it. Yeah, and it'll toss them. Like if you throw it to the right, it'll 
toss them out to the left. And I'm usually just like, I just aim left and wait for them to pop into my sights. And that's just smooth as hell. Yeah. Um, It's, yeah, it's also great. Grenades are like a perfect follow-up to the start of a firefight. So like a common mm -hmm. play pattern is you, you come across another player, you guys trade some bullets um and then you you know oftentimes your opponent will retreat to cover to heal mm -hmm. and that's a perfect time to nade him because if if you're quick about it you'll catch them right in the middle of their first aid kit and then they're in a bind it's like they have to run away they have to leave where they are if you if you threw your nade correctly and they'll be at low health they'll be retreating they'll be disoriented and that's a perfect opportunity yep. to just lean out and pop them mm-hmm also, um, especially in Endgame, when there's a lot of people in a small area, you don't want to give away your position by shooting at everyone you see. So if they're in grenade range, and they're not close enough to hear the pin, which is really close, um, and they don't see you, just toss a grenade their way. And then if they're still alive after that, you can finish them off with bullets and um, or another nade. Why not? Um, but yeah, I like that approach. Uh, I've seen you in Endgame doing that, Arjuna. Mm. Mm -hmm. There's people just kind of camped out near you and you're like hiding in a bush and you wait for the right time. Um, you know, on that topic, it's, I think maybe the most important part of nades in general is to use them. Um, <laughs> yes. And, you know, I'd see a lot of players who just have perfect opportunities to use grenades and there's, they're kind of sitting there think like in gun mindset. Oh, how do I shoot this person? Uh, when should I do it? And it's just like, no, this is a perfect grenade opportunity. So just like, you know, if you if you ch struggle with using them, I would recommend just challenging yourself to get as many grenade kills as you can for a few games. Uh, maybe even try to use like grenades and a pistol, like a really underpowered weapon. So it forces you to kind of leverage <laughs> something like grenades to give you that edge mm -hmm. um, can help because it's, you know, people are habit habitually into the um weapon thing yeah and so i i'm guilty of that like 100 percent. i don't use nades enough it's when robin and i play together it's one of the things that he most commonly tells me to do is to nade mm -hmm. and it's almost always the right thing to do is what i've learned it's like if you if you can see a player then shoot them that's what you should be doing but if you know where they are and you can't shoot them Nate him. Mm, yes. And so, it, and and you get kills a surprising amount of the time. Like, I, I think it, it feels risky to nade, and I understand that. Um, but it, it's just, I've seen it be so effective so much that I really want to encourage people to do it. And when I watch pro players, like when I watch Shroud or Fuglet or any of these people playing, it's just like a part of their rhythm. They're like, mm -hmm. shoot cover nade peak maybe nade again mm -hmm. shoot and it's like they're not thinking like oh is this time for me to nade they're like you know this is the point in the firefight where i throw a nade yep and that's just what you know it's like they do that in every encounter if they have them right so you know and something i'm thinking about when i first started playing this game i thought of grenades as like precious and scarce <laughs> yeah and i didn't want to use them because i thought i might need them later bad mindset you know yeah like just imagine like every fight is your last and use them all if you if you can totally um, and the chances are you'll come out ahead on that and pick up some grenades from your enemy unless they're thinking the same thing <laughs> throwing all of their grenades at you. <laughs> 
That's a great point, Robin. Yeah. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. So frags, another great use for frags is uh, if someone's established in a building, like, uh, you know, this happens a lot in the game where someone will be on the second story of a, of a house. And using a nade is a great way to flush them out of that cover as well. Um, and if you time it right, like if you're in squads, you can do this great thing where one or two of you will chuck nades into the, you know, maybe different rooms of that second story at the same time. And then you, you know, you have someone posted up either outside the building or watching the stairs inside the building so you can get them while they're coming out. So that, you know, that's just a really, when you chuck your nade, you just, you got to switch back to your primary weapon pronto. And because that, when that nade is like in transit or on the ground waiting to blow up, that's the perfect time to be shooting the person, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, use them for buildings. It's great. Um, they're great. Frags are great to use as well when... Um, to throw over things so like if if you and another person are uh, like hiding behind rocks for example or walls it can be a great way to just attack from a different angle Mm -hmm. so that's good to remember yeah and there's even a sort of i'm gonna call it sniping element to grenades um which in which case timing and cooking is crucial Mm, um mm. every once in a while i'm able to pull this off where someone's trying to get me through a barred window or something like that and the the chances of me getting it through the bars and into the window are really low and so i'll just cook it and i'll count and you'll see people doing this like if you watch a lot of youtube videos people are like cooking their grenades and just saying one two Mm. counting up to five Mm -hmm. and you know try to time it so that that thing's exploding right at the window and those kills are really fun mm, they <laughs> are time satisfying it, it blows up at the window and get some um, yeah advanced technique totally but not hard really you just no. have to you know get used to thinking that way yeah mm-hmm. totally so a few other good uses for frag grenades you can use them to flip cars um note that it doesn't work on the smaller vehicles because they just blow up like buggies and motorcycles but um yeah dacias and uazs you can uh, broncos you can usually get at least one nade on them before they mm-hmm. actually blow up yeah so that's fun yeah should we move uh, on to stuns yeah um just just wanted to say as well quickly with frags you can uh, a few other things you can do you can toss them out behind you if you're in a vehicle and sometimes you'll get a chasing vehicle that way especially if you cook them properly that's a really satisfying kill uh another thing that people will do sometimes it's kind of cheap but they'll do it so watch out for it is that someone might actually cook a nade if they think you're about to kill them like maybe Mm, they ran out of ammo or maybe they just think you're going to win the fight um they'll just cook a nade and they'll hold it and then um if you run up and try to loot them immediately you might blow up and i have died that way Mm, i see so they don't pull the pin they'll just hold it in their arm like they'll like hold left click i i think they do have to pull the pin otherwise it doesn't go off Mm. yeah yep yep yep. yeah there is a kind of suicide bomber trend right noticed there is yeah Yeah. so you gotta gotta watch out for that like if if you're killing someone and you hear a pin like just just be aware of that Mm -hmm. yeah 
Um, and, and, and it does highlight one thing, which is that if you pull out the pin on your nade, you can actually put it back in. And the way that you do that is by switching weapons. Right. So, um, yeah, be aware of that too. Right. Like this, this will happen sometimes where you're cooking a nade and you suddenly someone pops out and you need to just start shooting. Um, and you can just, just, you know, hit one or whatever your key bind is to bring up your primary and it'll just bring it up and you won't blow up. Mm -hmm. So it's nice. Yeah. It's also fun to take the pin out and put it back in, in the nick of time during uh, road trips yeah. with your teammates. Yeah. Just, just to kind of pass the time. Yeah. You know, just to kind of have a little fun and occasionally kill your entire team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a great way to make friends, people highly suggested. Yep. 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 Uh, Okay, um, so that's frags. Let's move on to stuns. So 2.5 second fuse on these. Um, used to be pretty unreliable. They feel like they've ironed out the kinks a little bit where I feel confident using them more. Um, and if they're used correctly, they are devastating. You know, you're mm. just pretty much totally disable your opponent for like 45 seconds. And... Mm. Um, if you're close enough to take advantage of that, that I mean, that's when they're really useful, right? Is when you're within that many seconds of your opponent, you chuck them up a staircase or through a window or a doorway, um, and then rush them right after that goes off. And again, the line of sight is important with these as is, as it is with frags. So you can throw it, say, um, just on the other side of a small object, and if you duck so that you can't see it anymore, the flash effect won't have any effect on you and so you'll still get the ringing ears effect but you won't get blinded so um you know try to throw them so that you can not see them and your opponent can um you know i wonder if you just turn around like if you throw it right in front of you like three feet and mm. turn around and look the other way i wonder if it actually blinds you I yeah i, I don't think that. it does or okay. it's not supposed to mm -hmm. right but again, yeah, I have seen inconsistencies, which is one of the things that makes me less excited to mm -hmm. use them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they are good. I think something, a mistake I see players make sometimes with stuns is that they'll throw them and then they won't push immediately. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's like, a, that's the only useful, it's the only good use for stuns. Right. Is, is that, you know, you're trying to get someone while they're stunned. Mm -hmm. And um, unless, I don't know, maybe you're like, want to move to different cover or something. But mm -hmm. I feel like if, if you land a stun on someone, you should be trying to kill them like right then. Right. It does incapacitate them so it delays their next move basically yeah for a few seconds but that's yeah. not nearly as useful as using that time yourself to make an attack right. um, but thinking about that i just thought of a good idea if you get stunned I've, there's nothing you can really do except wait until that wears off and it's like four to five seconds you might as well if you're in a firefight and have been wounded use that time to pop a first aid mm. or a bandage or a boost mm. um and it'll probably, if you're doing a first aid, you'll probably be, you know, using it still when it wears off, but just for a second or so. So might as well mm -hmm. do something um, during that time. I know it's like a super anxious moment when you get flashbang. <laughs> it is. But like, it's awful. Hell, if, if you don't, you're not going to do anything else, so you might as well. Yeah. Although, I mean, another recommendation I would make is just to, to move, right? Mm. Um, 
because it's a lot harder to hit a moving target. Right. So, or just go prone. Yeah, depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if if someone stuns you, it probably means they're close to you and it probably means they know where you are. And so my my vote unless you know unless you have a teammate providing cover or something like that my vote would be to just get moving mm-hmm. even it can feel weird like i don't know where i'm going but mm-hmm. um it's a lot better than standing still like you'll just get capped immediately right. what do you think of blind firing when you're i've done it mm-hmm. yep i've done it um <laughs> not with much success mm-hmm. But it can be a deterrent, you know, like that's a that's a good thing to remember is sometimes if you if you have any general idea of where your opponent was, if you just kind of blind fire, do lay down some cover, it can suppress them for long enough. Yes. So that that can actually be really useful. Mm -hmm. Especially if if you are already trained on a doorway or something that they might be coming through. Totally. Yeah. You know, what I'll do is I'll. If you just lay down on the trigger, first of all, you're going to run out of ammo. And second of all, um, they'll probably just wait for you to finish that. Yeah. So I'll do burst. I'll go boom, 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 boom. Exactly. Boom, 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 boom. And then I might just hold down and finish off the clip. So every time you stop one of those bursts, they're like anxious to get in. So they're waiting for a window and they might kind of jump the gun. Um, Sometimes it works out. Yeah. Usually Mm -hmm. not. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So, cool. That's stuns. Now we are on to smokes. Now, smokes, like stuns, also have a two and a half second fuse. It's good to note, too, that should you want to cook a smoke for some reason, I don't really know why you would, but if you do cook the smoke and you toss it while it's smoking, it will leave a trail. So that will tell people where you are. So it's probably a good idea to just chuck them and not cook them. Mm Mm-hmm. And smokes are the the primary use of smokes is obscuring vision, and so why would you want to do this? Um, visual cover can be totally vital in this game mm-hmm. for a number of things. So the first example for smokes, which uh, is useful in solo or in squad, is to cover uh, a movement. So. Like uh, an excellent example of using smokes would be if you're in the end game and people know where you are and you need to get to better cover, maybe because the circle's moving in or because you're in a disadvantageous situation. Mm -hmm. If you chuck a smoke, um, maybe like where you are and then where you want to go, then it can be a really excellent way to just give you that temporary cover that you need Mm -hmm. to move to better like actual physical cover right and there's a couple there's kind of two types of locations that you can throw these usually people will i I remember when i first started using using them i would think of i want to hide myself so i'm going to smoke kind of close to myself and hide behind it and the other way to think of it is smoke your enemy so that they can't see. Mm, And I like that approach a lot more. Um, People's attention is drawn to smoke. And so smoking yourself is going to bring attention to you instead of your enemy. And if they're close enough, I I mean, what I do is I try to, if they're too far to smoke them, I try to get it as far, as close to them as possible and Mm. between us in the direction of somewhere that I want to go. Right? And so that when I'm in the middle of that 
like death sprint to cover <laughs> that the cut the smoke's going to cover me for as long as possible um right right but yeah so they're they're pretty useful that they'll deny the enemy ability to see your exact location but they'll probably tell them about your general location totally um so it's kind of a a balance there it is mm -hmm. it's definitely a trade-off um i am of the opinion that people smoke too much in this game mm. just because i don't know I I have had plenty of situations in which I didn't know that somebody was there and then they tossed a smoke and it told me that there was someone in that vicinity. Right. So, you know, you might be thinking like, oh, this is going to be a great way to confuse people and, you know, create a distraction and, and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. they smokes can be very good for creating a diversion. But just you, you need to, th to really th think it through, you know, because... Oftentimes, people just don't know where you are, and that that is the best cover. Like, the best cover in this game is someone not knowing where you are. Mm -hmm. And so, if throwing a smoke is actually going to give away the fact that you're in the vicinity, then it, it can be a bad move. Mm -hmm. So, I, I generally like to only throw smokes when someone already knows my position. But, you know, if, if, if you're clever and if you have a plan... And if you've thought it through, then you can use them as a diversion as mm -hmm. well. Yep. So smoking in squads is, I, I use smokes a lot more in squads than I use in solos. Um, one of the best ways to use smokes is to just cover picking up a down teammate. Just make sure you're actually throwing smokes when you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've definitely uh, thrown the wrong grenade at my teammate. <laughs> the and explosive kind the explosive kind and they've suffered the consequences and uh that's a it's a tough thing to have to explain to your dead buddy you could just you know blame it on the enemy sometimes yeah, yeah. oh yeah uh, rng oh man the rng gods got me sorry bro that'd be fun rng on grenades yeah yeah uh, i just gotta like i think smokes and molotovs which we're about to get to are, are similar for me and that i'm really excited to use them i want to use them and it I always get kind of a kick out of deploying either one, but I don't feel like they often work out in the way that I want them to. Mm, and yeah. so it's this like fun factor, but often doesn't really give me an advantage and might even be kind of a drawback to use them. Yeah. Um, but I love, I, I know in Battlefield, I got used to using smokes a lot. Um, just, you know, it's, especially in objective game types, and I want to use them in a similar way in this game where you're trying to get from point A to point B and you want to block, you know, you basically create a wall of mm. smoke, which is, again, in squads is a lot more um, likely to be able to pull off. You can chuck them out pretty fast as an individual, mm. but I kind of like the idea of the whole squad just smoking all at once, like some area and like moving th along that or through that or behind it um again fun factor high chances of it actually being an advantage maybe low <laughs> mm. mm -hmm. but anything with coordination for me is just like i get a big kick out of it um yeah mm -hmm. yeah i just wanted to mention as well um smokes they go well with frag grenades so one thing that you can do is you can smoke an area and then you can also chuck a couple of frags and the, the, the sound of the smoke mm. will actually cover 
the pin. And that's actually just a good thing to note in general, that the sound of the smoke can cover footsteps. It can cover different kinds of sound. Yep. Um, so one thing I like to do is, is especially if there's like a full squad somewhere, I'm smoking their location yep. and then um, raining down a few frags on them can be really effective. Right. Yeah, another reason to smoke them and not yourself. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I, I like this idea of offensive smoking more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, something to remember about smokes is that they are not visible from a, a long distance in the game. So um, if you're throwing down smoke to protect against long-range sniper fire, it's not going to work out for you. And I believe that the view distance... I don't know what the exact view distance is on that, but it's, it's the same view distance for grass rendering. So um, keep that in mind hmm. as well. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be smoking for those kind of encounters anyway, <laughs> exactly. in my opinion. So yeah, just, but just know you can be sniped from yeah. someone. Yeah, totally. 200 meters out. Cool. All right. Um, so, Molotovs. Molotovs. The kind of party animal of the bunch. <laughs> really? Woo! I've, I've had one kill for sure with these, mm. and maybe another, but one to two kills for hundreds of hours in the game tells you a bit about mm. this grenade. Uh, I wish they were more powerful. Mm. Uh, maybe a slightly higher damage radius. Obviously, with the molly, it doesn't... You can't um, take out the fuse. You just throw it, and it explodes when it hits something. Mm-hmm. Um, killing people with them is the obvious use. Uh, hit them as directly as you can. Um, they have a radius, so you can throw it next to them like you would a frag grenade. Um, but chances are they're going to hear it and just back away because the radius mm-hmm. is really pretty small. Yeah, it's not that big. On these. Um, yeah. Now, Molotovs deploy upon impact, so that's one nice thing about them is that they just blow up as soon as they hit whatever. You don't need to worry about cooking them. Mm-hmm. You can you can wind them up and hold them for a while, and they're not going to blow up on you. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a nice use for them. Um, and I I find that they can be useful for restricting movement. So you can trap people in a room with a Molotov so they can't escape, or or if there's a if there's an exit somewhere that someone might want to run through, you can cover it with a molly, and that's mm-hmm. a great way to use them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wish they lasted longer. Yeah. I, you know, it'd be really fun. I feel like I've seen this in a game. I can't remember what it was, but oh, I think it was uh, Far Cry, mm-hmm. where you could throw... Yeah, it was. You could throw um, a fire grenade or Molotov... And it would start the grass on fire, and the fire would spread. Oh, that's right? awesome! And so, yeah, that would be amazing. That's like yeah. way too much to ask from this game. Yeah, I definitely. Feel like. Definitely. But it's kind of a pipe dream. But it would be fun to see something like that, or to even see it be able to light a structure on fire. And maybe right. the fire wouldn't like last and spread forever, but right, it would like spread a little bit through the house and self extinguish or something. Yeah, I I feel like they just haven't quite gotten it right with the mollies and they're useless yeah i i never pick them up and actually one of the main reasons i don't is that they just take up a lot of space Uh, yeah so that right there is you know i would probably pick them up if they took up the same space as a frag grenade Mm -hmm. but it's just too much yeah again i i definitely pick them up i love the idea that they're gonna work someday well for me yeah you know (laughs) yeah it's just fun i i enjoy them yeah but they're probably not worth it if right. you're trying to win 
Just no, forget them. <laughs> no. So um, when, if you get hit by a molly, you can survive. And the first thing to do is you need to leave the location where they hit. So you will actually take less damage if you run out of the flames. So even if you're on flames, you'll take less damage. Mm-hmm. The second thing to do is hit a bandage immediately. Um, you want it to be a bandage because it gives you the most healing over the, the quickest amount of time. Mm-hmm. So a first aid kit heals you a lot more, but it takes longer and you don't want to actually die healing. So, so yeah, if someone lands one on you, you just run away really quick, hit a bandage, keep hitting bandages and you should be okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. So that, that's the way to survive. Practice one. your drills, you know? We, yeah. Yeah. You know, we need to start molotoving each other and then. Yeah. It's like, run, stop, bandage, run, right. stop, bandage. It's right. just a part of the drill. Yeah. I wish you could stop, drop, and roll in this yeah, game. But yeah. Again, you can do that in Battlefield. If you get yeah, 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 yeah. Often just go prone and it goes out after a second. Yeah. Just pour salt on yourself or something. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh into just general tactics with grenades and how to use them you can throw them underhand i didn't know that for a long time so when you have a grenade cocked if you click right click while you're in the like throwing position it'll toggle underhand and overhand mode and so you can click right click as much as you want and it'll just toggle between them and that's super useful if someone's close range, say right over a wall, is the most handy situation. Mm. And you just kind of lob it over. And otherwise, you have to what? Like throw it straight up into the air at just the right arc yeah. where it lands yeah. on the other side, which is pretty hard. And yeah, it's with, not going to work out. Most grenades will explode, like a flash grenade would explode before it even got close to them. Right. Up in right. the air. So, super handy. Practice that. Um, we used to be able to practice it in the lobby when we had grenade spawn, but you know, yeah, yeah. practice change when you get your, go get a molly and practice it, but yeah, throw it, throw it far enough away. It's, uh, if you're above someone, it's a great time to use underhand. Like if you're in a building and you want to toss a nade, like to someone who's camping the wall right outside, then that's another good example of underhanding. I also wanted to mention with grenades that, um, you're super vulnerable when you're winding up to throw a grenade. Mm -hmm. And so this is one of the main concerns for using them. I feel like I want to get my nade cocked and if I'm cooking it, I want to get it cooked and I want to do all of that when I'm in cover. And then when it's time to throw the grenade, you just want to peek out and you want to chuck it as quickly as possible and then you want to get back to cover and bring up your primary weapon as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, I've killed, I mean, I've lost track of the number of people I've killed who are somewhere in the middle of nading. Mm-hmm. So you just, um, th- that's probably one of the most important things to think about when you're using them. Yeah, I agree. I, I think early on I was tempted to, like, during a rush, when I'm like approaching a tree that someone's hiding behind or something, just like quick toss a grenade when I'm out of cover and it doesn't often end well. <laughs> yeah. Cause they, you know, they can hear you. Like yeah. if, if I'm in a firefight with someone, yeah, like let's say they're standing in the open and I'm standing behind a tree. So I have cover. If I hear the pin, I'm like, Oh, that person's dead. Mm-hmm. Just dead. Um, and 99% of the time you just, you have enough time to get them. So be careful about that. 
Yeah, it takes a long time to throw a grenade. You know, it you does. have to switch to it. You can no once you have it cocked, you can no longer move quickly. So you're just right. a sitting target. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then even the animation of like throwing and switching back to your weapon, it takes a minute. Yeah. So a little does. clunkier than most games. Um, yeah. Where you can just kind of like in the middle of a sprint, like hit a button and like toss a grenade and barely lose any momentum. Mm-hmm. But definitely not the case here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. One other thing I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask you, Robin, because one of our listeners asked, mm-hmm. is um, which grenade do you have as your default? Frags. Frags. For me too. Sure. Always. Because yeah, that's what, it's it's going to make the most difference. Yeah. Um, so I always, when I have multiple grenades in my inventory, I always toggle to the frag just so it's ready to go. I hit my grenade button once and I'm ready to toss that. Yeah. Um, if you have to toggle through your grenades and you try to get someone from behind cover and you're like, oh crap. Like every time you hit the button, you're like, okay, what grenade am I on now? Oh, it's the wrong one. I have to hit it again. You know, and it just, yeah, the kind of the clunky, I feel like there might even be a delay. Like you cannot toggle through your grenades like as fast as you can click. It'll like take a second to like, maybe it's just process, like, you know, acknowledging like, oh, nope, wrong one. Nope, wrong one. Got to go like next one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So be aware of that. Agreed. Okay. Cool. Now cheating? Cheating. Yes. yes. This is going to be a juicy one. We don't usually get into the kind of social, cultural stuff of the game. Totally. And so this is our kind of one of our more meta topics and obviously important. Um, hardly meta at this point because it's been a pretty main feature of online um, PUBG. It's all online. But mm. um, it's been a pretty significant feature of online play for a months now mm-hmm. um it felt i didn't we didn't really worry about it when i first started playing probably back in june it wasn't so bad but huge now still big keep expecting it to kind of uh wither away as they keep announcing you know people being arrested and um different software that they're developing to curtail it but uh it's still you know i run into it regularly and it's definitely um i remember wtf moses doing a video probably two months ago now and i think i mentioned this before where he kind of was predicting the the decline not the death but the kind of decline of PUBG. Mm. definitely true in the u.s um i think there's more we've we keep selling games especially because of xbox but mm. the number of cur- um, concurrent players has plateaued um and so games keep being sold but the player the concurrent player count of people who are playing are it's just you know stagnant yeah um and i see that in my own community of gamers where people are kind of like eh, like <laughs> uh-huh. you know if the game was just you know it's kind of lo-fi and like it's had performance issues which they've really uh, done a pretty good job of dealing with yeah um have. but the cheating is definitely it has a potential to kill this game if they don't figure it out yeah so it does um, but Definitely on the does. the news front with cheating, this is a this news is a few days old now. But um, PUBG player known they banned one hundred thousand players about five days ago. Same at the same time, one hundred and twenty cheat developers were arrested in China uh, with the help of Tencent, which is one of so Tencent. Let's just give the listener some background. I had to look mm-hmm. this up too because I've heard it around, but didn't really know who they were and what their role was and. They're one of the world's largest companies, period. Um, but also, 
I, they're the largest investment holdings company in the world. They're what one of the largest technology companies. They're involved in internet services, chat services, um, gaming, and primarily in China. Um, but like I said, they're an investment holdings company, so they actually hold stock, is what they do, and they hold stock in tens of companies that are all um, vital um, to technology, particularly in Asia. And so they have a huge amount of leverage.、Um, and I'm not sure what the ins and outs of, say, their authority is in these companies as a stockholder. But、mm. um, clearly, companies listen to their shareholders, and they're a huge shareholder in a lot of companies. So tons of leverage. And so people are paying attention to them, and you know they have eyes and ears on the the wiring, basically the in- internet infrastructure, a lot of the chat apps. And things like that over there, and so you, you know, tie that into kind of like general surveillance, police state of China, and then this is kind of the commerce side of it. Is you know, they're a company and they are going to defend their interest,、um, right? So, and and it looks like they're in cahoots. You know, they work alongside the Chinese government to do certain things. In this case, arresting cheat developers, which you know,、um, we can talk about. The heavy hand of the Chinese government. In this case, I'm pretty stoked that these guys <laughs>、yeah. got arrested. Yeah, they, me too. They make my life worse.、Um, yeah, and they they are like they're polluting the experience of a player community.、Mm-hmm. And Robin and I were we were talking about this before about how like I feel like it's one thing if they were just like hacking PUBG and. So and and so like Blue Hole was the main person who was suffering as a result of it. That would be one thing, but the fact that their hacks actually affect the players, I think, is a more severe problem.、Mm-hmm. You know, because your your player base is really the lifeblood of your game,、mm-hmm. and so I think that's one of the reasons why cheating is such a pernicious kind of breaking the rules.、Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm glad to see them. Being arrested. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everyone gets excited. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people are kind of like rooting for the hacker. I, I do too. I think. Yeah. You know, people with skills kind of being subversive, and using those for a subversive purpose. I'm often rooting for them.、Um, in this case, I'm not. I think that it's obviously just a straight up antisocial behavior. It、um, is. But the people who are developing them and the people that are using them. Um, and here, you know, here comes just my kind of social contract like theory. And I, I'm a person that generally is pretty strongly against theft and pretty strongly、um, against just those kinds of,、um, you know, breaking of trust behaviors, where it's it can really hold a community and a society back. A lot of efficiencies, and this is kind of getting out there now. But a lot of efficiencies that we're able to enjoy are because of a, a trust and an enforcement of law.、Mm. <laughs> and once、yeah. you do away with that, then it's hard for a community to recover,、um, and、yeah. things get everything just gets more expensive to do with security.、Um, people don't take as many risks, etc. And so that's kind of more meta, but I they piss me off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. So, so, so there's there's been speculation as to what exactly Tencent has control over and what exactly they're going to be doing in China.、Mm-hmm. 
And I did a little research. I couldn't find any specifics. So I think that what they're going to do is probably confidential. I think, you know, Tencent knows what they're going to do. People, some people at PUBG Corp know what's going to happen. I'm sure the Chinese government knows what's going to happen. And th that's where the conversation is happening. So we, we don't have any uh, hard data to go by, but we do know that Tencent is going to be, they're going to be definitely like, controlling the implementation of PUBG in China pretty much from the top to the bottom like they're gonna they're gonna say how it goes and PUBG Corp is I mean obviously PUBG Corp is making agreements but they're gonna be deferring to Tencent as far as the implementation in China mm -hmm. and so the theory is that Tencent is going to to be traffic uh, monitoring the traffic more closely and and in theory, banning more cheaters and just having a much better idea of what's going on than PUBG Corp has had up until this point. But clearly the proof of the pudding will be in the tasting, right? So we're not actually going to know. Uh, wait, what was that expression? Oh, I, I don't... <laughs> think uh i think a lot of people misinterpret the saying so they say the proof is in the pudding uh-huh right that's actually a misunderstanding the the actual expression is the proof of the pudding is in the tasting says the british dude yep <laughs> yep it's, uh, you heard it here folks uh, I'll take that with a grain of extra sugar. <laughs> it's PUBG, the, the idiom <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, All right. So on to sort of, I've been trying to make sense of where you know, where's all this cheating coming from? Who's doing yeah. it? Why? We all yeah. know that a lot of it's coming from China. And I personally have been, you know, I reflect on why people do it. And mm -hmm. there's a couple of reasons that I've thought of and that Alex has mentioned, one of our gaming buddies, and he's been on this podcast before. Um, the first one I thought of was just, you know, a lot of people don't play the game to win the game. I mean, they do, but that's just one form of winning in a way, um, to, to play by the rules and to get the high score and whatever. A lot of people use games as a way to just straight up um, feel powerful and dominant. And so getting good is one of the ways to do that. But there's a lot. Trolling behavior is another example of being dominant in game, getting your jollies off, um, getting your little ego boost, your little mammalian, hierarchical, primitive bullshit game, <laughs> um, which, you know, has its place. But I don't think this is where. And I think, you know, a lot of our younger, more immature players are kind of into, like, the trolling. And, like, you see it in insulting behavior, toxic behavior. You see it in just kind of meaningless stuff where on the spawn island in PUBG, for example, people people have these kind of routines they do where they're like jump on top of a box and like jump onto another box. And people go like prone on part of the box so you can't jump onto it. And it's just this like, nope, I'm not going to let you do what you want. And it has nothing to yeah. do with the game, like the objective of the game, but people do it to express dominance. Yeah. So that was one reason I thought it was like, okay, people don't care about winning by the rules. They just care to like... You know, it feels good to be on top. Mm -hmm. I can I can understand that, but I'm a rules guy, so I, I especially in games, it's just you know I've always been a sporting fellow, and uh, <laughs> I don't get why you know people can't be honest with themselves and try to figure out how to win by the rules. But mm. you know, they're out there. They're always going to be out there. 
Um, well, and I just want to speak to, I hear a lot of speculation. Um, some of it, frankly, I think is quite racist about like why we're seeing a, a fair amount of cheesing coming from China, mm -hmm. right? So some people are saying like, oh, it's their culture, which, you know, that, that phrase always kind of raises my hackles a little mm. bit. Um, you know, and it, it, it's safe to say that uh, the Chinese culture is a very different culture than the culture in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a fair statement. But, but actually passing out, I think it's more complicated than just saying like, Chinese people feel more comfortable with cheating. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, um, if if there is any grain of truth to that, it's a it's a subtler and much more interesting conversation that I don't quite feel prepared to have that conversation. Totally, I feel the same. I I would yeah. love to have a cogent, clear understanding of Chinese culture and how it contributes to cheating behavior. I definitely am not the person to have that understanding. Uh, a few days ago, I did put up a forum post on play battlegrounds on the on the forums there and asked if there's any people out there who play in china or play with chinese players or are chinese players and i just want to get some insight here and figure out you know what kinds of people are cheating why are they cheating um every culture every country has its riffraff um and you know we hear if we can't judge china obviously and the chinese player base based on you know, the fact that they have cheaters. Um, and, you know, I uh, think about the loudest people on our own servers. There's a lot of people who are just straight up, you know, bigoted, annoying, juvenile on North American servers who are American. Mm -hmm. And they're the loudest ones, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so when you play on American servers, I can imagine if I was, um, well, a foreigner and my impression of America came through people who were t talking on PUBG servers. It would not be a very good impression. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. So, you'd, you'd want to dominate those people. Hell yeah. yeah. I would get pissed. And I think <laughs> we see a similar thing. We hear a lot of like China number one. And a lot of times yeah. it's probably like some teenage kid in Arkansas, you know, trying to pull off a Chinese accent or yeah, something. But, yeah. you know, we're not getting the a good, very good representative sample of people who use their voices online <laughs> so, right right yeah and I, I also wanted to say that cheating unfortunately stacks a little harder in PUBG than it does in other games because uh you've got 100 people per server so mm. you know oftentimes there's only one cheater on your server but the fact that they're likely to win most of their encounters means that you're a lot more likely to run across and actually get killed by that player so I think it skews the perception a little bit. People are like, everyone's cheating in PUBG. And the truth is, even if only one in a hundred people are cheating, that's enough people to ruin, you know, on every average, game every game <laughs> of PUBG, yeah. right? So, um, so that's something to keep in mind. And I, I do think there are a number of issues um, that Blue Hole has had making a game with a hundred players in it. And this is one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's probably familiar with the types of cheats, but uh, we'll just run through a quick list of them. So there's seeing through walls, driving through walls, um, shooting through walls, and that includes shooting through hills and any object in the game. Uh, speed running is a super obvious one. Auto aiming, which is the most, I mean, it's, it's the shittiest one, right? Yeah. Um, when you just get one hit from a guy across the map. With a crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. 
and then it looks like a newer one is instant revives and instant heals um so yeah yeah that was this one was just confirmed lately by a reddit player watching their death cam oh yeah so um okay that's that's something to look out for mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. i keep wanting to understand uh and we were touching on the china thing and i i'm just curious if it is tied up in nationalism or anything like that again i think we need some more sources um mm-hmm. from probably multiple sources uh from in that the gaming culture over there to kind of give some commentary on that yeah um but this kind of there has been a discussion i don't know if that's even the right word in some cases but um (laughs) on region lock and whether or not this is um a good solution to the the china problem Mm. um or the cheating problem um and so it does look like a lot of the cheating's coming out of China, so why don't we just build a wall around China um, and or just around all the regional servers? And if your IP address isn't in that region, then you can't play in it. And um, this one's obviously controversial with the current political rhetoric in the US and in a lot of other countries right now where we're seeing increased isolationism. And, you know, I'm generally kind of repulsed by that, that rhetoric. Um, and there's this practical, you know, concern right now for my gaming experience where I'm like, but I'm getting killed by Chinese cheaters and I just want it to stop. Like, what do we do? And mm-hmm. so it's an interesting discussion. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Arjuna? Should we lock them out, put walls up around all the, the regional servers? Well, I actually, you know, Robin, you suggested a solution that I really liked, mm-hmm. which was to have... Um, I always do. Yeah, I, I mean, there's actually a bullet point here in our show notes that says Robin solves everything. I, I do that. So, um, yep, you've, you're listening to the right person here, folks. Um, so, so, Robin, you suggested the idea that uh, we do have region locking not just on Asian servers, but on all of the servers, but then to have one or more international servers. Yeah. And I think that this is a, just a wonderful solution. Um, I mean, without understanding the finer points of everything, but my from my layperson perspective, I think this is an elegant solution. I think you should have the choice of whether you want to play on a region-locked server or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it all just comes down to who do you want to play with and how do you want the performance to be. So... Um, this this internet experiment that we're doing in humanity right now is a wonderful thing and it's a wonderful thing that connects us over the planet and gives us an opportunity to play with people that we don't know and I think that that's a really beautiful thing and I don't think that you know I I don't think anyone thinks it's in anyone's interest to prevent that from happening Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time a game like PUBG, like for example, if you're playing in squads, it can be really nice to share the same language with the person that you're playing with, right? Mm-hmm. And some people just want that. Um, and I don't think that that's a problem that they would want that, right? I don't think that you're necessarily just like a xenophobic asshole for wanting to play the game with people that you can communicate with, mm-hmm. right? You know, thinking about that is kind of interesting because North America is probably the only regional server where you can mostly count 
on everyone on the server speaking English or one language. <laughs> and every other region has so many languages, right? Like, of yeah. course, we have Spanish. Yeah. And then Canadian. But, you know, yeah. Canadian is not that much different. <laughs> I'm joking. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I have, I have trouble with those Canucks. You know? <laughs> we love you guys. Um, and, you know, Europe, of course, lots of, like every other region, like just tons of different languages that people are speaking. And so it's, I think as Americans, we could make the language case, but probably not for any other. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yes and no. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, actually, the irony of it is that English is probably the common language of Europe as well. Yeah. You know? um, but, you know, like, like, for example, let's say you have buddies, you know, you live in Germany and you have buddies in France and you have buddies in Italy, right? Um, and whatever common language you share, like, they're your buddies in the region and you want to play with them, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that you should have recourse to do that. And I think you should have recourse to do that at a reasonable ping. And for yes. me, that's the big point of this topic. Yeah. I'm, I'm not particularly interested in region locking from a perspective of solving cheating. Um, I think it's an imperfect solution at best. And I think that the... The implement, you know, the implementation from Tencent, I think, is going to render this conversation moot, right? Um, uh, we don't know exactly what they're going to do, but they're going to do something, and it might have a region locking component to it. Mm-hmm. But I think the the broader topic of region locking for me is all about gaming performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want my ping to be low, and. Um, and so, you know, I want to like, uh, so region locking is, it's not just going to prevent Chinese players from playing on North American servers. It's also going to do things like, like if you live in the rural United States and you have a really poor internet connection, um, it might also block you from playing on North American servers. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, you know that again that's that's just not really an issue of racism i guess some people could make the case that it's an issue of classism which is perhaps worth discussing but mm-hmm. um it's a for me it's it's a it's a technical discussion and it's not that it doesn't have cultural implications but i think that there's a certain fairness to saying we want to keep our ping low we want to you know make it a a actually functional experience for most of the people playing and here's how we're going to do it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's definitely a strong case um it's and there's enough performance issues in this game um to like not have to 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 give reason to minimize ping right in the server Um, yeah we we've all suffered from it it's always frustrating yeah yeah um one other thing i remembered uh that alex has mentioned about why people cheat is I was kind of going with the psychological approach. Why do people want to do this? But there's a, actually a financial incentive, mm, of course, too, because yep, yep. um, games these days often have a store or a marketplace where you can um, buy things or win things through the, the kind of lottery of the of opening crates and whatnot. And you can sell them on the marketplace. If they're rare, you get a lot of money. And so in this case, the more points you get, the more you win, the more chances you get to get items and the higher the chance of getting something rare and selling it for a lot of money, Um, which I have friends that toy with this just, you know, 
selling crates at the right time. And I never take it seriously because it's not, I don't see it as a serious source of income, but it's kind of fun. Like, oh, I made 10 bucks off of PUBG, like selling a few crates or whatever. Um, in some parts of the country or of the world, this, you know, it could be significant income for people, right? Yeah. And so yeah. if you can buy, I've, I've heard of people buying um, licenses or copies of PUBG for hacked copies for three bucks from a dude in Russia or whatever. And so people will have multiple accounts, um, all of them hacked, most of them running cheats. And this could be a, a good source of income if you're doing that sort of thing. So, um, you know, the marketplace is kind of, it's it's one part of the infrastructure of this game that's contributing to cheating, right? And and mm. the reasons that people do it. Mm. Um, Definitely. How, how the PUBG Corp will deal with that, um, I doubt they're going to, um, change that whole element of the game. I personally have never been into like all the like in any game the clothing and the skins and all of that. It's like superfluous yeah. to me. Me neither. But me neither. A lot of people are into it, and you can make money on it. So um, that's just a vulnerability that the developers. Um, it's a choice they made to have that, and you know it could very well shoot them in the foot if if we continue to see the cheating problem. It's part of the problem. So. Yeah. Not to mention, it's just opening interesting questions about gambling. Um, I think it's uh, there's a much larger discussion about loot crates. And um, mm-hmm. clearly, we were seeing that with the later, the Battlefront um, Star Wars game. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I prefer to stay out of all that stuff. But I totally agree that it's a big cheating incentive. And I'm really interested to see how and whether uh, Blue Hole's going to uh, address it from that angle yeah. at all. Yeah. Weird. So I, the one thing, the one loose end I can see in this conversation is just uh, hearing from other perspectives and particularly people in China. And there's, you know, we're going to keep making this podcast and I would love to do a follow-up segment if we do end up hearing from anyone. So if anyone knows someone who can offer that perspective um, or if you yourself can love to hear from you um, and maybe we can get a little bit more of an understanding here about what's going on across the Pacific so please hit us up awesome yep and you can do that by writing to us at winnerpodcast at gmail.com you can also enter our lively discussion and it has been lively lately on our discord server I think we're We've got about 75 people in there right now, and it's growing every day. So please stop by and play some games with your fellow PC and Xbox folks. We have an Xbox corner in there specifically for our wonderful Xbox listeners. And of course, you can always support this show via our Patreon or just by subscribing to us on iTunes, leave us a review on iTunes, um, tell your friends about the show, or if there was a particular episode you really liked, post a link to it on Reddit and, uh, you know, start a discussion about it there. So anyway, we are just always thrilled to have you listening and thanks for joining us for another week of the Winner Winner podcast. All right, remember to pick up the gas, everybody. See you next week, maybe. Bye-bye.